Hello, and welcome to the We Are The Medicine podcast. This podcast is a place where we discuss a wide variety of topics, from psychedelics and other plant medicines to sovereignty and spirituality. This is a space where we have raw and vulnerable conversations and explore the mysteries of our universe with the intention of empowering listeners and guiding you to ask the questions that will help you come into a deeper resonance with your truest essence. I'm your host, Serena Rose. Now let's get into the episode. What's up, y'all? So before we get into the episode, I did just want to take a second to apologize for the audio quality in this episode. There may be a few little bumps and bangs and background noises. In this episode, I am experimenting with a new microphone, and it's also my first episode with a guest, and we're in person, so there's just, you know, some, some things to figure out, and I'm still getting the hang of this whole podcasting thing. And we also had a cat in the room with us who happened to be feeling very playful during the time of recording this podcast. So there might be some little bumps and bangs here and there, but I do hope that you continue to listen to this episode because I truly feel that there is so much value in it. And Dana and I had such an amazing conversation. So thank you so much for your understanding. And now we'll get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the We Are The Medicine podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today, so excited to bring you such a special guest. This woman is an amazing artist, entrepreneur, and medicine woman who came from humble beginnings and with the help of sacred plant medicines and her own dedication and perseverance, has completely transformed her reality. She has truly up-leveled in every area of her life, healing from intense childhood trauma, making a full-time career through her artwork, and now also teaching others to do the same. She is a dedicated student of the plants, having traveled throughout the world to places like Costa Rica and Peru, doing master plant dietas, working with different plant medicines, and learning from a variety of teachers. She is one of the coolest, most awesome people I know, and she's one of my best friends. Everyone, I present to you Dana Wiltshire. Thank you so much. She told me before this, she's like, I have a really special intro. I'm not going to read it to you now, but... It's it's something. So thank you. That was so lovely. You're so and welcome. I'm so excited to be here and chat. And we always have our like our max six hour conversations. <laughs> but now it's it's fun to like come together and like chat in a in a good way like this. So yeah. yay. And Happy not for six here. hours. Not for six hours. Unless maybe, you want that. Yeah, maybe that'll be like number two, like <laughs> podcast number two. So I'd like for you to start by just Um, giving us a little bit of your background and really telling us how you got here and what led you to plant medicine. Yeah, so so my journey, like Serena mentioned in the intro, um, I grew up with a lot of trauma, but I grew up in a really naturally beautiful place in California in the mountains. Um, And I feel like my journey really started, like I started my awakening very young. But after I dropped out of school and then I moved to Sedona, it was like everything started in Sedona, as you know. 
Um, so, you know, leaving school, I kind of saw like the traditional art world was like, that wasn't the direction that I wanted to go. Yeah. So after moving to Sedona, I mean, that's really like when my life started to open up with the study with the plants, um, you know, going to Costa Rica, going to Peru. And, um, it was, it honestly, it kind of just found me like how, you know, the plants, it's like, they just find you, mm -hmm. you know, when it's the right time. And, um, and it's interesting because what really like sparked that, that deeper awakening, like with ayahuasca and the plant medicines, um, when I was in college, this was now, you know, what, three, four years before this point when I was in Sedona, um, when I was in college, I started to experiment with like mushrooms and acid and, um, I had an acid sit where I, I basically, I took too much acid and then I ended up in a situation where I was basically like by myself and that it literally like, it was just a culmination of events that kind of like cracked open my psyche. Mm -hmm. And it was like, after that experience that kind of initiated and began like my dark night of the soul period. And, you know, that's when I started remembering a lot of the childhood trauma and, um, and after that, like, I was scared of plant medicine for a while after that or any anything, like, psychedelic because it was, like, so much had happened after I had that, that initial experience. But it was a lot of different things. It was, like, I did acid. As you know, my house had burnt down, like, a week before. I was like, yeah, this is a great time to go and do acid. This is perfect. So it was very much like a traumatic response. Um, yeah, and so I see now that it was like uh, my being wanting to awaken, mm -hmm. you know. So that kind of sparked the awakening, which then came back around, you know, years later, like when I started to um, really dive deeper into my healing and like and want to explore plant medicine again, um, you know, cannabis and like mushrooms were more of a primary medicine for me. Um, but then, you know, I started like when I was actually in art school in Portland, that was the first time I really heard of ayahuasca. And then I ended up doing a project in like a botany class where we all pick one plant to study <laughs> and I picked two. It was the compounds of ayahuasca. Wow. And so it just, it really started to like to come in. Um, yeah. And so then, you know, my, my study began like three years ago and it's just, it's been deep and, and like very transformative since then. So that's so interesting because I mean, especially with your awakening kind of starting with that acid trip, even though it was probably really traumatic, mm -hmm. it's so, I feel like so many people have a spiritual awakening triggered by psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Not that you need that at all. But I feel like it also goes to show what can happen when you're not in a safe space or you're, mm -hmm. or you don't have like true, you don't really know about intentions and mm -hmm. set and setting when it comes to psychedelics, how it can kind of make you like, oh yeah, Woo. I never set an intention for any of those kinds of journeys mm -hmm. and like. You know, and, and then that's what happens is like, then your subconscious and the psyche will just take you wherever it wants to take you, right? Without like any kind of like steering of the ship. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. Especially with a psychedelic like acid, which is 
sort of like chemically made where it's not like mushrooms or ayahuasca that it has a spirit Mm -hmm. you know it's not from the earth Mm -hmm. so I feel like it just really goes to show how important it is that when people work with psychedelics that there is like a safe space and intention Mm -hmm. and you really know why you're doing it Mm -hmm. although everything's perfect and thank God you're good and like it really puts you on a path to healing Mm -hmm. which is so important yeah so how would you say that plant medicines have changed your life whoo man that's a that's a deep question because we're here for it yeah all the deepness all the deepness all the depth (laughs) Um, deepness. I don't even think deepness, that's a word. Deepness, death. <laughs> I don't that, know. You're right. I think yeah. it's death. <laughs> Wait, either way. Um, I mean, honestly, like I, I am so grateful for the plant medicines because I feel like, you know, like they say every ceremony is like 10 years of therapy. And I really believe that's true. And it's like, it was funny. I was thinking about it the other day. I was driving and I was like, so if every ceremony is like 10 years of therapy, I'm like, I've done like 150 years of therapy. (laughs) That should cover a few lifetimes, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, talking about therapy, then it it makes me think about like um, after the acid trip and the house burned down and that was really like that, the spark of my awakening back in, when was that, 2015? Um, you know, for years after that, I was just kind of like grounding back into reality and like dealing with the trauma. So I was in like intensive therapy. I was medicated for a little bit. Luckily I was able to come off of that pretty fast. Um, but I was in intensive therapy. I'm like, I'm a big proponent, proponent of therapy, especially when you have deep trauma. But then it got to a point where I I wasn't needing to be like in therapy as intensively as I was before. And I'd worked through a lot. Um, and I feel like that's when my spirit knew, like I was ready for a deeper level of the work, mm-hmm. you know, like not just emotional, mental, but like, but spiritual in the way that the plant medicine can help provide. Um, and so, you know, that's when I found the medicines a few years ago, like, <laughs> I mean, the year that I was doing the medicines after I left school, I was sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony almost once a month for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I know that may sound like crazy. Um, but it was a deep like initiation and a deep period of growth. And I feel like in that year and a half, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't even tell you like how many lifetimes of healing I feel like I did in that time. Um, and so, you know, in the ways that it's changed my life, it's like, you know, I don't want to say, and I know the plants don't like it when we say like, you know, it's all the plants that it is, but they help you, they help you to heal. Mm -hmm. So it's like the way they've changed my life is just helping me to do deeper levels of healing than I, I think I maybe would have accessed five years from now in therapy. Right. And it's can be, as you know, scary and hard and really freaking intense, (laughs) Yeah, but it's, it's like the deepest, most meaningful work. And, and not only that, but like the light aspects of like raising up my frequency and just like, like holding this holy frequency with these prayers and the music and the, the creative components. Like, I mean, you know, pretty much all of my artwork, all of the visions for the paintings, like when I really like pin it down and think about it, I'm like, 
98% of them have come from an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, so the medicines ins- inspire this creative essence, the healing essence, raising up the frequency, but it's not a medicine for everyone. You know, it can be very scary and hard. And I don't think I would have been ready for it without a lot of deep therapy first. Yeah. With my trauma. That is so important. And I think that people really need to know that because a lot of people are interested in plant medicine and psychedelics, especially nowadays. There's like this psychedelic renaissance going on. And I feel like it's really important to do the work first, like do some of that shadow work, whether it's in therapy or just on your own. I definitely agree that if you have deep, intense trauma, I think therapy is pretty necessary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you don't want to go into a mushroom or an ayahuasca journey and having not even looked at any of your trauma mm-hmm. and then you're just blasted off mm-hmm. into another world and all of these things are coming up and it's just really not safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really important to do that shadow do work, that work first. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's interesting too, because like, you know, and I've been in many ceremonies, like you see it, it's like people who are called to do that kind of healing who haven't like maybe done it in other ways first, you know, and they may have, or I've seen people who have had a really, really deep and intense and like very confusing experience, but then it's always perfect. You know, it's always what the person needs. And so even if like right after the ceremony, they're like, what the fuck was that? I don't know. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like if they're like, what, what the hell was that? You know? And then we integrate a couple days later and they're like, oh, that was exactly what I needed to see or I needed to look at. And the other note on that too is like the medicines always give you exactly what you need. So if there's someone who comes into the space and they, they haven't really done that work before and they have a lot of trauma, then like I've seen it happen where, you know, maybe someone won't really have an experience or they won't really feel the medicine even, or they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know it. Like it, it just, it, I didn't feel it or it wasn't that deep or it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it's interesting because I've, I've like been in spaces and talked to people where that's happened, where then maybe something will come up and integrate like two weeks later or three weeks later or a month later where Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, I think I wasn't just totally like zoned out in that ceremony. Like something was happening. And sometimes the medicine just knows like, okay, they're, they're not ready to look at that, that the scary shit or the really deep stuff. It's like the medicine will just flatline it and Mm -hmm. not have you look at it at all Mm -hmm. if you're not ready for it. Because like I ended up pushing my psyche way past the point because I thought I was in control with the acid. And like I was the pilot of that experience basically. But with ayahuasca, I felt like she's pushed me to my edges, like to my limits, but never beyond that to the point where I'm actually losing my mind, mm-hmm. right? Because I've had that experience. Like I, ha- I had a psychotic break after the acid experience and I felt the feeling of losing my mind. And ayahuasca is definitely at some points I'm like, I'm losing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> but from my experience, if I can be conscious enough to say that, yeah. I'm not actually losing my mind. Right, like right? if you're going crazy, quote unquote, yeah. you don't question whether or not yeah. you're going crazy. Yeah. If any of y'all, yeah, exactly. If you wonder if you're crazy, if you're wondering that, you're not crazy. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
action. If you hear any weird sounds, it's Dana's cat. Yeah, Momito is playing with a thing he never plays, a loud thing he never plays with until we're doing a podcast. So, of course. If you hear it, he's, he's back there playing something. Yeah. But I feel like that's such an important point in that, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that the medicine will never give you more than you can handle. Mm. Sometimes it feels like it's more than you can handle, but it's never more than you can actually handle. Yeah. And mm. like you said, everything is perfect. And if you, somebody does end up in a plant medicine ceremony or a situation where they haven't really been doing the work, it's it's going to be perfect and it's going to work out exactly how it should. Mm. And I still think it's important for anyone listening, if you are considering working with any sacred plant medicines like mushrooms or ayahuasca, Maybe just start now by, you know, looking at these patterns that you have or these little traumas that maybe you have from childhood so that you can kind of do that prep work mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah. Well, and something I was just thinking about that's really interesting in like the topic of the medicine doesn't give you more than you can handle. I, part of my story in my past is I have really, like, really deep sexual trauma in my childhood. And I've dealt with a lot of that in therapy. Um, But what's interesting is the medicine didn't even scratch the surface of my sexual trauma until like over 20 ceremonies later, Mm -hmm. right? And it's funny because before the first ceremony I went to, that was my main concern was like, well, I have really extensive sexual trauma is, am I going to lose my mind again? Like, is that going to come up? Is mm-hmm. that going to, how, what's going to happen with that? Right. And, and I was really like curious to find like, wow, it, it's, it's not even coming up like ceremony after ceremony. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> like, You're like, I know, I know that I'm missing there. it, but I know it's in there. <laughs> and I see now that it was like, I, I wasn't really ready to face that for a while, even with the like four years of therapy and all of it, it was like, the medicine was like, nope. So she didn't take me there. Yeah. And then she decided, yep, she's ready. And then so four ceremonies in a row, it was just like getting nailed by Mm -hmm. the deepest trauma in that way. But it was because I can handle it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's always, it's always perfect where she leads you. So perfect. These, these plants are so intelligent. It is crazy. (laughs) I feel like, especially ayahuasca, I just feel like she knows you better than you know yourself mm-hmm. a lot of times. Every time. Every time. <laughs> and I just feel her like getting into those little cracks and crevices and mm-hmm. dark corners of your mind and your psyche that you don't even maybe know are there. Yeah, absolutely. The, the illumination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just wanted to point out that You know, there's a lot of people when you talk about plant medicine, especially ayahuasca, who will say, well, I heard I knew somebody who went crazy after they drank ayahuasca. And I just I feel like it's important to see somebody like you who had that psychotic break after your acid journey Mm -hmm. and you came back from it. Mm -hmm. And I I can't say like I don't know that everybody does, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely possible. Mm hmm. If you're willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's like, and that, you know, this part of the conversation predates the plant medicine, right? Yeah. Like it, sort of. I mean, acid, I wouldn't consider it a plant medicine, but it's a medicine in its own way. Um, 
but yeah, like after having that experience and, and just going so far off the deep end, <laughs> like, you know, and, and we, and I say like, you know, that after the acid is when that happened, but it was really like, it was, it was probably going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Honestly, it was like so much trauma was coming up. I just lost my house in the fire. I had some traumatic events with my family happen. You know, the acid, I was like exiting an abuse, an abusive relationship. Like there was a lot of things that went into that. Um, yeah, but honestly, like the choice to come back from something like that, it's like, that's like the heart that we're getting into with the plant medicine. It's really, it's the choice to heal. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I had to be hospitalized at one point from a panic attack and it was like, I'd hit rock bottom and they had to sedate me. And I was, I laid there and I just thought like, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to choose to heal. There's mm -hmm. literally, I was backed into a corner. There's no f like fucking around anymore with it and just being self-destructive or anything. It was like, I'm either going to die or I'm going to heal. There's no in between. So once I made that decision, you know, that I'm, I'm choosing to heal now. Like it's, I, there's no other path than that because, you know, I had very close suicide attempts realizing I'm not going to, I'm not going to take someone else's life. So why am I going to take this person's life? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I decided that that wasn't for me mm -hmm. <laughs> this lifetime around. Thank God. Yeah. And, um, you know, and after that, making that decision to heal, then like, then it's all the cards start to align and realign. And I, and I really like in a lot of my work and, and things like I talk about choice and how important that is that even if we don't know how we're going to heal or in like how that's going to manifest itself, if we make that choice, like I'm going to heal, I choose to live and I choose to heal, then the right friends find you, the right therapy finds you. Like ayahuasca, she was like, hi, Hello. she found me, you know, Rose found me, combo, like wachuma, these other plants. And yeah, and, and with them, it's it's like that that healing is, is so present. Yeah, and that's so powerful, that power of choice. And I've also had many dark nights in my life and many mm -hmm. times, especially when I was younger, where I was very suicidal. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful that I got through that because there are people who don't make it out of that dark place. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for anyone who is feeling that darkness around them to know that there is a way out. And the way out is by choosing, like you said, making a choice that I'm not going to live like this anymore and I'm going to choose to heal from this. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, the universe will just put things together mm -hmm. and help you heal, whether that is through plant medicine or therapy or talking to a friend or the right friends come into your life. It's the universe is so on our side. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that ayahuasca really brought you a lot of creative ideas and helped you channel through a lot of different pieces of art. Can mm -hmm. you talk to us more about that? Yeah. I mean, um, like I said before, it's like 98% of my visions and my concepts for my work have come from ayahuasca ceremonies. And I really think it's, it's because of like that serpentine, like if you guys don't know, it's like the, the ayahuasca has this very like snake-like serpentine energy. 
And so I really feel that that plant spirit specifically carries a lot of creative energy with her. And so I love to, when I'm in a ceremony, like one of my favorite things, you know, with the healing and everything else I'm doing is to like consciously explore my vision and opening up my psychic sight and asking for the visions or the, the downloads. And then it's like, I find that as I'm healing something, as I'm healing a concept or an idea for myself, like, you know, or a trauma or something that I've been like working with, then it's like the trippiest thing happens in the ceremonies where then all of a sudden, like I'll see this vision for a piece, like a painting that's already finished. That's like a perfect representation of this work, this healing work that I'm doing in the medicine. Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting process. Like, you know, ayahuasca with creativity. And I think people, I honestly think it would be beneficial for like all artists. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, you know, regardless of like the, the your trauma and things like that. It's like if someone, I was just thinking about like if someone who didn't have like any trauma just went like an artist, if just went, exists. if that even exists, <laughs> just like went into ceremony just in the intention of like the creative inspiration that could be a really valuable tool yeah. <laughs> for an artist. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So how do how does that work? Do you how do you remember the visions? Do they just come back to you or do you kind of like draw it out like during mm -hmm. the ceremony or after? Mm -hmm. Well, it's really interesting because like the way the visions kind of like create themselves for a lot of these paintings um is like a lot of times, like in a ceremony or, or something like that, I've had it happen where during a lightning storm in Sedona, it was just like, Boof, and then it was there, and it happens similarly in ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, you, like I said, usually after I've been processing something that maybe relates to like the potential concept of the painting, then it's it's interesting. It's like it kind of hits me at a left field sometimes where I'll just like it's when I don't expect it. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, you know, like in Costa Rica, like playing with a leaf or something like that. And then like, <laughs> by the way, quick side story, Costa Rica, I found this giant freaking leaf and I was playing with it all night in the ceremony. It was like the funnest thing. The And then at the end of the night, I dropped it and there was a giant scorpion in it. So that was interesting. But anyway, um, Scorpion yeah, medicine. like it's scorpion medicine, God. <laughs> but I'll just be like doing something else. And then it's like, maybe I'll close my eyes or something. And then it's like, I see it. I see like the finished painting. It just like, it's like, boof, and I just see it. And then it kind of just like burns itself into my mind. Like I have one of the paintings in my series that I'm doing right now. I got the vision for it probably like five years ago. And it's just been waiting for the right time to come through. Mm -hmm. And it's just ever since I saw it five years ago, it's burned into my mind wow. probably forever until I do it. That's so crazy. It's quite strange. And it gets a little annoying. Like they'll bug me sometimes and be like, when do I get to be painted? And it's like, <laughs> and I see it so clear. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, you know, and then sometimes though, it's very immediate like that. And I'll just see it in the medicine but then sometimes it's like I'll get bits and pieces of things like mm -hmm. and I think it's as my healing is unfolding because all of my paintings are very much um, they all have a very like strong emotional or healing concept to them 
that as each one is unfolding within me, then I'm getting more pieces of what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm not sure, then I'll sketch it out. And I yeah. usually do have a few sketches. Like I showed Serena, I had some sketches um, for my ceremonies in Peru where I'll see this vision. And then like Peru, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. So I was there for a couple of weeks. So I was sketching things out more so I could make sure I remember it. And so I'll have sketches, but unless it's in here or on a sketch, like then I can just take it back to the studio and create it. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing and fascinating. And for anyone who hasn't seen her art, like literally <laughs> go check it out. I'll link her Instagram in the show notes. Just standing, I told you this the other day, just standing in front of one of your paintings, you can feel feel the energy and the power and the magnitude of like what you're doing here it's Mm. so much more than just a pretty picture like you're putting literally healing energy and light codes into the artwork Mm. and so just like to for someone to be able to have your art in their home and to receive that healing energy is so, so powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Yeah, I yeah. mean it. I just paint to stay sane, really. It's kind of it. Yeah, Thank you. I understand. Yeah. So what would you say is the biggest lesson, if you can pinpoint it, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from ayahuasca so far? Whew. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is difficult to pinpoint. I think like what, what just came up for me is realizing how, how strong we are, like how strong I am. Like I've had so many moments in the medicine where I'm afraid to go into a certain space within myself, but then I choose to anyway. And that mm-hmm. goes back to like that choice, right? Like I've had ceremonies where the medicine will ask me like, Hey, there's this really gnarly, dark, <laughs> locked away box, but it would be highly beneficial for your healing to open it. Do you want to open it? And sometimes she gives me a choice. Sometimes she just doesn't, you know, but a lot of times she will. And, and so for me, it's like finding that strength. And I think that's why, you know, the, the, it's now connecting for me. I think that's why she does that because mm-hmm. she can show me whatever she knows I can handle, but it's like, she wants me to learn my own strength in continually choosing my own healing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I really think it's, it's like working with these medicines. It's shown me how much I can trust working with the medicines. Like I've, I've told Serena about like my experiences in Peru. I did a dieta for two weeks out there. And when I first went into the ceremonies, I'm like gripping my crystals, like shaking, holding on for dear life. Like, fuck, what did I get myself into? Like, what's about to happen? And I was so scared. And, you know, then the medicine sits in. And for like the first almost three ceremonies in that dieta, it was like these visions of like ayahuasca coming to me as like this big serpent puppy, like licking my face (laughs) and adorning my inner child with flowers and just showing me that like I'm safe, that I can trust these plants, you know, and then she takes me into the deep roller coaster waters. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's seeing the the real like intelligence of these plants seeing that I can trust them really that I can trust myself and that 
I think the biggest lesson is seeing that there's no part of me that it's like I, I can't go into. There may be things that I'm not ready for every single ceremony. And in that case, like it just, it, it evolves. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is finding that strength and also seeing that there is no part of me and there's no part of you or you or anyone that is bad, mm -hmm. that is dark, that that's dark, yeah, right? That's, that's unlovable. That's unlovable. That's all of it. Like I had this experience in Peru in my dieta where the plant that I was working with in the diet basically had me shine a light into like it was like this vision of these all these jail cells that had all of these different archetypal archetypal aspects of my shadow, like jealousy, um, rage, envy, shame, hopelessness, despair, like all of these just like like jail cells, right? And the medicine kind of brought me in there and I just found myself in there holding a lantern like, <laughs> you want me to walk down there? <laughs> Like, this is a horror like, movie. Like, this is some, like, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, like, shit, where they keep the really crazy people. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But it was, again, finding that strength, making that choice. Like, okay, if I'm here, she wants me to see something. And then choosing to walk down the hallway in, in my own vision and shining the light, like, on all of these individual archetypal aspects of myself, of my mm. shadow elements, shining light on them and then seeing that you know, at first it's like, I'll shine the light and they look like these like grotesque gargoyle, like, you know, they're, they're holding the energy of, of whatever my projections of them are. Mm -hmm. But then as I shine the light on them, it was like every single one of them would transform with beauty and would turn into like this garden of light growing from the jail cell. And then it became fun. Actually, mm -hmm. it was like, I realized, oh, there's no bad parts of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I especially growing up with sexual trauma, I used to think like, you know, I'm bad. There's things I need to, to shame and to hide in myself. And then I started to see like, I started to see it almost as a game. Like, what other parts of me can I find to love? And mm -hmm. it became fun. Mm -hmm. And so in that vision that I'm like running through this hallway, I'm like, and I love you, and I love <laughs> you, and I love you. Mm -hmm. And it, and at the end of that, it was like, I stayed in that vision through that process until just the whole jail block <laughs> was full of like flowers and light. Mm. And then I emerged from that vision, just thinking like, wow, there's nothing I can't handle. There is no part of me that is inherently bad. There's nothing to fear mm -hmm. here, you know? Mm. And, and so all of that is the deepest lesson, yeah. I'd say. That is so powerful. And I think so many people need to hear that because we all have parts of ourselves that we're like, oh, I can't really tell anyone about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, oh, I had this thought. Oh no, that's shameful. I need to, mm -hmm. I need to push that away. I need to lock it up in a jail cell and never think about it, never look at it. And knowing the, like there's, there's so much power in knowing that you can love those parts of you mm -hmm. and actually integrate them. And it makes you so much more complete because you're mm -hmm. not shunning away this one aspect of yourself. You're not 
ashamed of any part of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes time mm-hmm. to really work through those mm-hmm. things. But that is so powerful. Yeah. And the trust piece is really big too. You were talking about learning to trust the medicine. And I feel that every time I sit with ayahuasca, I learn to trust her more. And mm-hmm. that's her just really showing me like, hey, you can trust me. And it's like every time I go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. because she, does, she doesn't want to just blast you off and like make you lose your mind. Sometimes yeah. that definitely happens, <laughs> yeah. but it won't happen until you can handle that. Mm-hmm. Especially in the beginning, I feel like she, she was so gentle with me and really letting me know and see like, hey, you can trust me. I mean, honestly, she wasn't always gentle with me, but yeah. that was because I was just trying to control the whole situation. If you haven't listened to that story, go back and listen to episode one. Okay? it's I tell the whole story. <laughs> so you mentioned the dieta that you recently did in Peru. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Just because the plant that you dieted was is so unique and special and rare and... Yeah, we just love to hear more about that. What's up, y'all? So Dana and I could seriously talk for hours, so the recording of this podcast went a little longer than anticipated. But not to fret, because I felt it was best to just split the podcast into two separate episodes. So definitely stay tuned because next week we're going to be diving into part two, where Dana's going to tell us all about her dieta that she did in Peru, where she actually got to work with a plant that glows in the dark. I am not even kidding. I'm so excited to bring this all to you. And she's also going to tell us some other funny, awesome, cool medicine experiences that she's had. We had so much fun recording this podcast, and I just hope that comes through and that you're having as much fun as we did listening to it. And don't worry, there will be more to come because like I said, Dana and I could talk for hours. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you all, and we'll see you next week.